Good morning, everybody. Or good afternoon or good evening. Honestly, I don't care what time it is when you're listening to this episode because you're listening to this intro. And this intro, you earned this intro because this intro is all about our new Patreon tiers. That's right. You heard me. We did it. We reached over $250 a month on Patreon. Fucking, I don't even believe it. This is insane. You guys who have upped your pledges or started a pledge from scratch to support us, it's I can't put to words how much we all appreciate it. You guys are amazing. And to show our appreciation... Here's an outline of our new tiers. We're going to start with $1 a month. You get a website acknowledgement. Good night, everybody. I'm just kidding. Okay, so $1 a month, you get a website acknowledgement. Pretty standard stuff. $5 a month, monthly articles, same as before, except we will be starting a new campaign exclusive to our $5 and up patrons run by our very own matt more info to come but we are super excited to get this second campaign rolling and i cannot wait to take all of the ideas i've had as a gm and could not use but now i'll be a pc who knows what's gonna happen so again Tune in for more info on that, but let's move on. Keep going up the chain. $10 a month. Early access to our normal weekly program, just like before, except now. Have you ever wanted to listen in live to our episodes? I know some of you do. Well, now you can with our second campaign. That's right. If you pay $10 a month or more to our Patreon account, you will be able to listen to our live recordings for our new campaign that Matt will be running. $15 a month, twice per year, loot box, same as before. But now you can submit your very own custom fumble or crit card that we will add to the deck of our fumble and crit cards and we'll use them in either of our shows as they come up. Now, the way these will work is you submit what you want to put on the fumble or crit card. We will look it over, and as long as it's not anything stupidly overpowered or game-breaking, it will be submitted and put into a card. No, like, the bad guy blows up and you gain a level for critting. None of that bullshit's going to happen. It's got to be in line with the power level of... Fumble and Crit Cards, as you've seen in the show. Uh, we're going to have a sort of uh, guideline posted uh, where you can submit your Fumble and Crit Cards so you can get a better idea of what we're looking for. But that's super exciting. I cannot wait to throw a Crit Card at my PCs from the boss written by one of you crazy motherfuckers. $25 a month. Brand new tier we haven't had a 25 dollar a month tier yet now 
once a month, if you pledge $25 or more, once a month, you can hang out with us and the rest of the $25 a month donors. What are we going to do? I don't know. Maybe we'll stream a movie. Maybe we'll just kind of hang out. Maybe we'll do a book club. I don't know. It's going to be a, a loose new thing that we do once a month as decided as a group. And I think that's going to be so much fun. And last but not least, $50 a month will give you the lofty privilege of assigning a hero point or a villain point to the PCs or GM respectively once a year. What is a villain point? It's usable by the GM. Exactly what that does is to be determined, but it sounds fucking awesome, and shit's going to get real. In addition to that, once a year, you will get a one-shot game run for you by one of us here at Inspired Incompetence. Invite your friends, invite your family, or just play along with other members of the group. Your choice. All of that, I, I can't wait to start giving all of those rewards to you guys, and neither can the rest of the group. These are exciting times. So once again, thank you so much for helping us reach this goal. And we have a new goal that breaks my heart, but apparently I'm an old man with Alzheimer's, and Nick is going to tell you about that for next week's intro. So... For the love of God, I'm so upset. Tune in next week for the announcement for our next Patreon goal. I can wait. Nick can't wait. And that's why he's going to tell you all about that goal next week. But in the meantime, one last time, thank you. And please enjoy episode 18, Much Ado about Duskwalkers. Welcome back to the Inspired Incompetence Podcast, ribbed for your pleasure. How's everybody doing? Crickets. Perfect. Let's start. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. I... <laughs> okay. Someone have a bad uh, bad experience that I hit well, a nerve? Well, it's not ribbed for my pleasure. It's ribbed for her pleasure. Well... We don't discriminate here. It can we can, it can be ribbed for anyone's pleasure. Anyway, okay, so here we are on the dead roads, and uh, you guys have a prisoner to interrogate. Why did you attack us? Yeah, talk, tell <sighs> us. He uh he looks up at you and he says, "Thought it'd be an easy kill." <laughs> Why did you really attack us? Weren't you listening? I hit him again. Keep looking at me. I'll roll a sense motive. We're on our way to the boneyard. We're gonna unleash hell. We figured we'd take someone out on our way. Bit off more than we can chew, obviously. Why were you heading to the boneyard to raise hell? Because none of us asked to be born. You don't know what it was like for us. Shouldn't you take that up with your mom and dad, then? <laughs> You stupid human. I smack him across the face. <sighs> hey, I, I give you a look like, hey, that's my job. 
But I agree. No, I agree with you slapping. Good job. Just let me slap him again. Handle that from now. <laughs> we don't have parents. We're born by the grace of Phrasma and the Boneyard. When a mortal is deemed deserving of a second chance at life. But whoever I used to be, it doesn't matter. I have no memory of that. I don't know what my past life did. Instead, I was born in a graveyard, already eight or nine years old from a human's perspective. No parents, no memory, nothing. Everyone in town treated me like a well, monster. Well, well. And I didn't ask like for any of it. Nobody asked for any of this. Think that gives you the right to be mad and take it out on others? Vipira looks at all this and is kind of like, you're talking to a murderer, kind of like uh, trying to reason with him. Who's that girl that was on the stretcher? And how did you come to an alliance with such a being? Found him in the graveyard. I don't think those just hang around at graveyards, though. <laughs> no, not usually, but they come calling when the right people leave certain offerings. And the girl, Lilum, well, that's the name we gave her, at least. She was just in the wrong place at the wrong time. Slap. Ugh. Look, if you're going to kill me, just do it. I don't regret what I did. <laughs> Nobody said anything about killing you. At least not us directly. Oh, I'm thinking about it. Where's your songbird? The psychopomp. What, what was his name again? I hope he's choking on a bug somewhere. We bumped into him shortly after arriving on the dead roads. He believed our story. Because we're duskwalkers, after all. Mortals who are given a second chance by the Boneyard. Of course, our motives would be altruistic. A stupid bird. But your motives weren't. How could you be chosen for a second chance? You think you lead us to believe Phrasma would make such a mistake? Weren't you listening? Whoever it was in my past life wasn't me. Whatever glory they gained, whatever deeds they did, I don't know what it was. I'm not given that gift. My gift was a childhood filled with trauma and neglect. Again, wah, wah. You think you're the only one who had a bad childhood? You think you're the only one that still has night terrors about their childhood? The only one with any guts to do anything about it. Smack him across the face. You're not special. Your childhood was no different from any of ours. You're just a scared coward. You threw away a second chance. For what? You don't even know. By the way, I did roll a sense motive on him when we first started to see if what he was saying was truthful. It's not good, though. Yeah. With a 10, uh, you, you have no reason to believe anything he said has been false but yeah uh, with, a, with a 10 for all you know he could be lying but you don't know it, se it seems it seems accurate at this point like Vipira who's normally the one who's doing the interrogation is kind of like heard enough already she wants to pull like everybody out into the hallway to like discuss further action uh Uhtred 
Uh, Rogiar and Thalias. Can we uh, meet out in the hallway real quick? I slap this guy so she knows the answer is yes. And I the room. Yeah, I follow her out. I'm just not satisfied that we've gotten enough information out of him, but he'll, he'll go out in the hallway here if I peer out. I don't think this man has any intention of lying to us. Hell, he's just flat out told us that he's a murderer looking to raise hell for the most part. Where do you guys stand on what to do with this man? Me personally, I don't see him as a safe person to uh, keep hanging around places. He must be brought to justice. I'm not fully convinced, Viper, that what he's saying is the truth. If, if they were really about just were murderers and we want to raise hell in the boneyard, why would they bother with us? It makes no sense. He's not angry at us. If he truly is mad at Phrasma, why bother yourself with a small group of travelers that aren't even in the boneyard? And and to pull their ace card right away? No, this this is not adding up one bit. Well, I think it adds up perfect. We name dropped, or at least I did. He didn't seem to be phased one bit by that. You saw how he was when he originally bumped into us. Yes, Almost like they... he had uh, issues directly with dwarves. No, when they first bumped into us, they they were hiding, almost hoping we would just pass by them. They they didn't take issue with us. I I don't think it, it's fair to believe he was just wanted to cause chaos. Why not just when we first came up on them, do it right then and there? I think they were trying to hide whatever they're doing from uh, from that was it Armagar that that psychopomp that they're with. All the more reason to think why attack us in the middle of the night. Obviously, the psychopomp knew we were in the building with them. You don't think if they came out all banged up and we didn't appear, the psychopomp wouldn't question that? No, no, none, none of this is adding up one bit. Well, nonetheless, I think that we should decide on what, I mean, let's face it, there's three options at this point. They either keep him tied up, leave him here, kill him, or release him to do as he wishes. Oh, no, there is a fourth option. Oh? I seem to recall Umble telling us that uh, anything that falls off the dead roads usually winds back up in the boneyard. We could uh, send him to justice that way. Thelias nods. I believe that falls into the leave him tied up category, but... Yes, there is that. But this is a murderer. If given what he says is true, and right now we have no reason to not believe him, that he's we just... no reason to believe him, Vipira. It's not like you rolled a sense motive check and did well. <laughs> but you did. <laughs> no, well, I rolled a sense motive check and did bad. Therefore, <laughs> he could be lying to me. I mean, in fairness, Vipira has basically just done nothing to decide if... What he's saying is true or not. He said that he's out to murder. I don't see a reason why he would be lying. So far, he's one of the few people we've met that <clears throat> has admitted to doing what we've then caught him doing. Like, like we caught him in the act of trying to murder us. There's not much point in him saying, oh, it was an accident. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm not 
Uchard's not questioning that aspect of it. He's questioning the whole, oh, we we were just trying to go cause chaos in the boneyard. Like, based on the fact that he's telling us that he feels like the, being turned into a dustwalker dust was really a curse and he had such a terrible childhood, that kind of, like, anger and resentment that has been within him from the year you know, eight or seven to what he is now doesn't manifest to the point of, I don't have a plan. I'm just going to go to the boneyard and cause chaos. No, like that kind of level of pain and suffering and trauma manifests in like, you know who you're angry at. You know who did this to you, or at least you've put this blame on somebody and you want them. That's the whole thing though. He knows, he suspects who did this to him. He blames for but like, you can't take revenge on the god of death. So he's trying to, like... He, I, it sounds to me like he was trying to just kind of, like, jabber with a stick a little bit before before he died. Like, go Egger House. Yeah, I can't kill the god of death, but I can fuck that with her a little. That seems just really unlikely for the level of anger he's telling us that's causing it. Like, I, that, that seems like a in-the-moment emotional thing that someone would do. Not a, this has been my whole life of dwelling on this well they never said he was very smart either way if we wish to press for more information then we're more than welcome to i know where i sit well i think we should see if we could find that uh that psycho pomp he was with and see if he has any suggestions too actually that's not a bad idea vipira storms back in there and uh grabs him by the beard and says where is your psychopomp? Just let go of me. I don't know where he is. He's not my psychopomp. I already told you. We bumped into him by accident. He's been following us ever since. And he just so happens to leave before this entire thing comes down? I don't think so. Trust where me, if I knew he- how to get rid of him before now, I would have done it. Uh, I would like to sense motive on yeah. that. Oh, now you guys want a sense motive. That's a little bit like... <laughs> nah, whole... No, 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 don't even give me that. <laughs> I'm going to sense motive on their uh, hesitation on rolling sense motive. I got about as well as uh, Uhtred there, so... Uh, 18. You got exactly as well. Uh, he seems to be telling the truth. It's possible that Harmagar has just been kind of like doing his own thing outside, waiting for everybody to come back out for the day. Uh, well, then, in that case, I would like to go outside and scream out for Armagar. Okay. So Vipira leaves the building, shouts Armagar, and, like, five seconds pass, and you see Armagar, like, kind of lazily swooping down towards you, and he lands in the center of the, of the intersection. And he says, Well, good morning! I don't think I got your name yesterday, young lady. Well, to start off... It's Vipira, Vipira Draco, and those Duskwalkers uh, seem to have a... Lovely fellows, aren't they? Not so much. They actually, uh, well, they attacked us last night. That includes a vampiric mist. Do you know anything about this? Oh my my goodness. Uh, is Is everyone okay? Well, one of them is. But not the others. I am apologize, but they uh, they attacked us first. Oh, that, that doesn't we have make any one sense. tied up right now, and we're interrogating him for information about what he, his business was 
in the boneyard. Harmagar uh, attempts to fly into the building unless Vipera tries to stop him. No. She'll, but she will follow very close behind. All right, so he flies he flies inside and uh, he lands on the counter in the in the lobby where you can just see the 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 still drying carpet of blood and he's just Phrasma's grace what a, a, a vampiric mist you say oh this this is not good this is not good at all and he uh, and he hops off and he lands in the hallway uh, where uh, Uhtred and Rogiar are and he says what happened here? Well, those dustwalkers that you were with, they attacked us in the night. They had Didn't some go. weird blood mist creature that kind of exploded into a puddle when I blasted them, but that's besides the point. They attacked us. This doesn't make any sense. Why would they do that? Duskwalkers are... They're chosen by by agents of the Boneyard when, 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 when mortals are... are Deserving of a second life. How, how could they... He, just he seems... claims to be hateful of the fact that he was given a second life. And that's why he did this. And that he was going to the boneyard to, quote-unquote, raise hell. He's going to raise hell in hell. I beg your pardon. The boneyard is anything but hell. It's a very nice place. I hell is diffuse a, the situation. <laughs> hell is a separate plane altogether, very different from the boneyard. But but that, that's besides the point. What, what, you, Vi, Vipira out there said that there was one still alive. Where is he? Uh, yes, Barefin. He's in this room, and I motion to the room that Barefin's tied up in. He kind of like hops his way into the like bird hops his way into the room, and he says, "Barefin, is this true? Are, is is what they're saying true?" And Barafin is just scowling at Harmagar, and he spits at him. I smack him with the back of my hand. This guy's not oh. going to learn. <laughs> He's really not going to learn. That's a double smack. Oh. Says, Fuck you, Harmagar. And uh, Harmagar just, he like bows his head, like, sadly. And he just, he just seems very upset. And he just kind of like turns his back on uh, Barafin. He just, he doesn't seem like he's going to be talking anymore. And uh, Barafin says, Oh, now you shut up. Uh, Harmagar, do you have any suggestions as to what we should do with this guy? He, he twists his little bird neck and, like, send, like glares at him with one, with one uh, big bird eye. And he says, He took his second chance and he squandered it. I say he doesn't deserve it anymore. We should kill him for his crimes. Uh, now, so, I'm, I'm all aboard the killing thing, but is there any way we can get him to, like, pay for his crimes? Like, atone for his sins? I, I want him to, like, you know, pay it back more than I want him to die about it. He, like, hops forward a little bit, and he, he gives uh, Barafin's foot, like, a, a mighty bird peck. And he says, I said kill him! Let Ferasma and her courts decide his final judgment. Well, I'm no executioner, Harmagard, so... As the only psychopump here, I believe it's up to you to do that. Then he he has a moment where like the thought of of being an executioner of any kind like never really occurred to him, and he just, he's just like, wait, me? I'm supposed to do this? And then he kind of like looks at Barafin again, and uh, he goes, very well. 
and uh, in a, a, a pretty gruesome scene, Harmagard just kind of tears uh, Barafin's throat apart with his bird pecs. Yeah. So Jesus. So real quick, as soon as I see Armagar like going for like the throat on it, I'd much rather see it go quick. So like Vipira like like takes out her claws and just like digs right into his chest. Harmagar still certainly still gets a a few uh a few rips in there. <laughs> I'm not sure you made it any quicker, Tom. You just became an accomplice. That's all. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she was like, yes, murder time. That's what I wanted all along. <laughs> so just real quick, like Viper is uncomfortable with the idea of like a long drawn out death, especially by like just a singular like beak. She just imagines being in that chair is just like, uncomfortable to no degree like this is torture sure so like she's rather trying to give a mercy killing she'd rather give like the killing quickly rather than uh you know watch this get drawn out so harmagar uh is like sitting on barafin's chest or standing on barafin's chest like little bits of uh barafin's throat like dangling from his beak and his his feathers are all kind of like sticking up, like uh, like the like the hair on the uh, a cat's back when it's all irritated, and uh, and he he spins back around as uh, as blood pools on the floor out of the wounds from his throat and his chest, and Harmagar says, "There, it's done." Then he looks up at you all, and he his feathers kind of ease back down. He says. I'm terribly sorry. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm usually, I'm usually quite agreeable when I'm when I'm not. Uh, well, I'm usually quite agreeable, but oh, I've never I've never been taken advantage of like that. You don't have to explain yourself, Armagar. No, it no, never no. It does no, get I, easier. This, uh, oh, I'm sorry. It has never been my place to pass judgment, execute someone before. Without a word, he just he. His, his his wings shuffle and he flies out the door. And... So yeah, Uhtred still isn't buying any of this. He didn't buy the story from that guy. He's not buying the fact that the psychopomp was so quick to cast judgment and execute this guy. I don't like any of this. Not one bit of it. I mean, I don't like it either, but like, <laughs> I believe it. I don't think so. Well, maybe we'll learn the answer later or if not, maybe I can spill the beans at a... Uh the end of book conversation. Yeah, I have a feeling that's not the last time we see Harmagar. Well, either way, I am sick and tired of this inn, and I would really like to get home. So why don't we get a move on? Sounds good to me. Okay. But hold on, quick. Before we leave, Uhtred's going to reach into his pocket. I think Uhtred has them. Who has the good berries? Probably Uhtred. Because I believe they last like 24 hours, right? The, the magic in them remains for 24 hours after the spell is cast on them. Right. So they should still have a little bit of magic still, or, you know, like time left on their magic. Yeah, probably. So yeah, Uchi, no, Uchi will, that's fair. will reach into his, uh, his pants because his pockets are pretty full. So he kept his good berries by his better berries. <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> and uh, 
he'll uh, hand one out to each Rogar, um, Thalias, and Viper, and say, oh, "I'm pretty sure these berries still have some magic in them. And you might as well eat them now and be set for the day." A little lint too. They got a nice little marinated pocket flavor on them. <laughs> hey, if they if they do the job, I'll take a little lint. So, uh, when we go outside, is it snowing still? Uh, there is, uh, there's no snow. There's just a light breeze. At least there's uh, no snow. Since there's, uh, it's not snowing, Uhtred's going to, uh, like, take his cold weather gear and, like, take it off. I guess he wouldn't have it on, but he'll fold it up and he'll say, Oh, Delias, my strong, strong lad. If you wouldn't mind, can I put my cold weather gear in your backpack? Yep, load me up. And I, uh, take everyone's anything they want to give me. Use this time to pack me with myself. Rogar will hold on to his. He'll, he'll keep wearing it. So with that, you guys continue on your journey. You leave this strange little intersection behind. As we're trudging along, Uhtred's gonna make it a point to, you know, pretty regularly check behind us and, like, the sky to see if uh, he can spot an old Harmagard. Okay. Give me a perception check. Three. Oh, you don't see anything. No, you don't say. <laughs> um, I mean, you are you are aware that you know th- throughout your journey on the bone, you, on the uh, the dead roads, like you, you've seen you've seen like crows and ravens every once in a while. You know, at, at first might have struck you as like, oh my god, is that humble? Uh, but you've you've long since just kind of gotten used to the sight. Um, there's crows and ravens. Why haven't we been trying to like shoot those down and eat them? Uh, because you guys uh, have any uh, ranged weapons until now. Rogar is a ranged yeah. atom bomb. What do you mean? I have. We don't have any ranged weapons. And I shoot acid. I am a ranged weapon. Well, what's the what's the max range on your air blast? 120 feet. That's what yeah. I'm saying. Important details, Mister DM. I guess. I guess because you guys were just too stupid to think of it. Sorry. I know. Our my. I rolled this really good perception check. That's how I noticed it. My point is, you still see a random raven or crow every so often, uh, but you don't see any sign of Harmagar or anybody else. As we're walking, like you see, vibe, uh, I mean, you might not even see it. Like, my peer just slows down into like a dead stop. What's wrong, Vipir? You guys trust me, don't you? You look back at her and, like, you see, like, what has been, like, the last three days finally hit her. That's a tough question for her to ask Susha. <laughs> <laughs> I've done nothing but put myself on the front line every time. I just... I just need to know, do you trust me? Viper, I think at this point we have to trust you. I'll tell you what, there's nobody I'm meeting on this dead roads that I'm gonna trust more than you. That's right. Lass, let me let me tell you an old saying that we have back in the Five Kings Mountains. You write bad stories in sand, but you carve the good ones into stone. All of the bad things that we've dealt with these last few days, they're just sand, they're gonna wash away. But all the good things that you've done, you've saved my life more times than I can count, and that's just since we woke up in that damn tomb. Those those stories, those are written in stone, my lass. Elias is nodding along, puts his hand on Rogar's shoulder, and it's so true. Wow. 
Well said, Rogyard. Well said. I, I have a note in my front breast pocket. If, if I die, I want you guys to take it. The instructions on it will be very clear, and you'll know exactly what to do. We promise we will read the note and follow its instructions, Vipira. But I don't think you're gonna die here on the dead roads. Not on if, my watch. If, if you if you do, I fear that we will all probably be dead. It's just a precaution, as I've always been taught. And as Uhtred, those words leave Uhtred's mind, he immediately goes back to the last time where he was the only adventurer alive. Would would we see, like, the, like his face just kind of, like, get that thousand-yard stare, like the oh shit um, stare? Yes, but it wouldn't be to the level of, like, when Rogyar and Uhtred were on watch and he was just, like, gone, though. Right. This would be more quicker maybe i think not so much a thousand yard stare you would see i think if rogyar's looking at utrid he probably pretty easily could pick up on the same kind of eye twitch tick that utrid has every time rogyar calls him the keeper Mm -hmm. i think that would be the physical manifestation of uh realizing the complete fallacy of the words i had just spoken yeah, but at this point, um, Vipira, it feels a little bit better, but like it's like certain things are still weighing heavily on her mind, like the Harrow reading and like uh, Father Crow like leaving. So she's uh, she's ready to go on, unless if somebody else wants to like bring something up. You can keep walking. Is Vipira gonna actually say something in the game about the Harrow reading? Because I think now would be a good time for that. I mean, we can like walk and talk, right? Yeah. Yeah, so, like, she wants to talk about, like, the Harrow reading and, like, Father Crow, like, leaving on the way over as well. All right, go ahead. Does, has anybody else thought about Father Crow? That Harrow reading did not give me, uh, good feelings towards this situation. That Harrow reading didn't give me good feelings about more than just Father Crow. Except for the part about Rogyar. I quite liked that part. Uh, I still think that's all. Uh, it's all a bunch of hooey. I mean, what what big role could I have to play? Well, let's be honest, Rogia. You clearly are no longer a merchant man. I dare say you might be the most powerful one out of all of us. <laughs> that's a good one, Keeper. <laughs> I, you see that same twitch you just saw again. All <laughs> <laughs> those little like things. <laughs> Little Twitch that you've come to associate with positive feedback. <laughs> <laughs> Rogar, please. You you are not a blind man in any sense of the word. Clearly you see how strong you've become. You really think that reading was a bunch of hooey? Uh, I don't know. I've never put much stock in those Harrow readings. They never they never served me any good. He knows his true power deep inside. You might not know it now. And then I just sort of nod and let uh, Rogyar know that Thalias is behind him 100%. This world is bigger than all of us. That's true. And those those Harrow readings, they're all they're all filled with like vagaries and half truths. And you know, it's been my experience that a half truth is so much more dangerous than a lie. And that Harrow reading just seems like it's going to prove it. Well, normally I'm inclined to agree with you, Rogyar. 
never given much mind to the hacks on the side of the street trying to predict your future. But I don't know of too many people that have had a hero reading on another plane. It helps with Rogar that you can sort of sense greatness in him, right? Like, I mean, yeah, when he's, he's clearly powerful. Eighteen with a air yeah. cannon blast, <laughs> and he's been he's been like a you know a great companion you know adventurer to have. Like, he's a great teammate. Like, it's not that far fetched that like this yeah, hero like, reading would be just completely made up. Like, none I, of the three of us are slouches either, and I don't think either of you or I would want to go one on one against Rogar right now. Dude's jumping 30 feet into the air, <laughs> blowing things apart. Like, I will say, like, he is the only ranged, like, yeah, or, he murder yeah. us. Yeah. <laughs> Vipira nods along, but is like, the strongest. <laughs> <laughs> Prove it. As we're having this, like, little go around, Uchid's gonna reach in and pull out the Sphinx card that he has to say, I don't know, Rogyar. I felt drawn to this card. I think we'll find, unfortunately, there's a lot more true with that reading than wrong. The man did seem rather connected to the spirits. He even knew that Uhtred has taken that card. I'm assuming that's not just some random thing. It doesn't feel random to me at all. Hyperia is definitely right about that. And let's not forget, even though Kishiki said that Father's Crow's card did not necessarily pertain to the reading he had just done, I fear it cannot mean anything good for him. I am almost certain that Matena must have come and got him, somehow. Well, the problem that I currently have with the Father Crow leaving unexpectedly is the wand and the bead were both on the ground, as if Father Crow were to say goodbye. Maybe goodbye for now. He might have, Vipira. You're right, that is quite intriguing as to why they were left so neatly next to Elias. But I don't think he would just leave to go anywhere other than back to McTaina. Where would he go? What would he do? I mean, Umbul and Thut saw the same weird thing on our hearts that on Father Crow. Well, perhaps uh, some servant of Iomade came and got him. He was the only one who was really devoted to a god among us, right? I guess it's possible. If this thing on us is as weird as Kishikis made it sound, it certainly would be something to intrigue the gods. Also, Tholias is devoted to Shellian. No, oh, that's right. <laughs> oh, shh. <laughs> but not devoted enough, apparently. <laughs> a terrible devotee. What? I really wish we knew more about what was, what an obol was, is. And uh, we can't detect it. Like, when I do detect magic, it doesn't detect. It seems like the only people who've been able to sense it are, like, psychopomps and something that has that, that kind of otherworldly sight that, you know, we don't have as mortals. Not yet. We just got another <laughs> mission to get otherworldly sight. So I want I want to give each one of you guys a hero point for the the role play that you were just doing just now on the dead roads and when you were interrogating Barafin and talking to Harmagar. Sweet. I, ha- I have no, to say, I accept. I appreciate the more liberalness you've been with the hero points in this campaign. 
I don't think I'm being more liberal. I think you guys are just getting better. <laughs> Maybe. You just weren't any good before. <laughs> All right. That's the problem. <laughs> well, it's like cryptocurrency, right? We couldn't just jump into Bitcoins. We had to start with something smaller, like a Dogecoin. So we were giving out a lot of Manny points. And <laughs> now, now we know how like the exchange and the market works. So we're, we're breaking in them Bitcoins now. Uh, that's true. Okay, so it's been about four hours since you guys left that intersection. And through the mist... On the dead roads, about a hundred feet ahead of you, you see a sprawling wooden stone structure. Uh, looks like a misplaced university building with a grand entry on the southeast corner and a tall tower to the northwest. The path from the road leads directly to the entry. Well, uh, this looks like our next stop, right? This has got to be it. It's kind of how it's worked so far. Oh God, there's I dropped si- out of school. There's a, there's a sign next to the path leading from the road to the front door that says Salaghara's Scriptorium. I point to the sign. Yep, this is it. All right, let's uh, let's get this over with. Maybe this one can actually be quick. Fingers crossed. <laughs> Before we go any further, Thelias <laughs> uh, wants to just get everyone on the same page with what what to expect and just like a quick review from uh, old Kish Kish. Yeah, that's a good idea. So Thelias' memory is that Kisha Kish said this guy was all right you know he's been nice to Kisha Kish. he's done work for the boneyard bureaucracy or whatever i don't remember any like watch out for this or you know don't do that you know do's and don'ts just that like he's relatively nice and that you know there was some bureaucracy about it was the whole thing so maybe if we just follow the rules try not to go renegade on this one yeah well absolutely everybody has been telling us how boring and menial the tasks are in this place that we're going to have to do probably to earn our stamp. So that leads me to believe this is going to be the biggest death trap we've seen so far. Yep. Yep. 100% agree with that. Before what? before we actually like make it into the building or like within sight of the building, uh, Uhtred's going to uh, take out the Rod of Extend and cast Mage Armor on himself. Okay, oh, okay. that's a good idea. All right, so you, uh, you're closing in on the building, and as the mist gets thinner and thinner, uh, you actually see a, uh, a person standing on the front steps of the scriptorium. Uh, this dour-looking being has a mostly humanoid form, with its lower body wrapped in a cocoon-like husk. The human part looks female, with uh, ear-length, black hair, and glasses, and... Uh, She's watching you guys approach, and when you get uh, right up to the steps, she's got her arms crossed, and she says, Good, you're here. And she gestures to the front door. Dispatch with Mrs. Petapelp, and I will grant you your stamp of passage. Go. Oh, I I fall in line immediately. Who's Mrs. Petapelp? What's going on? (sighs) And she, like, rolls her eyes and lets out this big, exaggerated sigh. If I might hazard an educated guess, you seek to leave the boneyard and return home to your world. To do so, you need my approval. McTana has sent her sights upon you as abominations. She wants to see you well and truly dead. I know all this because, frankly, she told me. McTana came to me a short time ago explaining that I would be well advised to see you slain. I'm a creature of logic and process... 
and McTanus pleas were more impassioned than logical. In fact, I outright refused, insisting that I had more critical work to do. She was not well disposed to that response. My current field of study is dreams and how mortal dreaming intersects with their fates and their desires. Don't assume I'm going on a tangent here. My conversation is scrupulously intentional, you'll see. My chief assistant and associate researcher, Mrs. Petapelp, had been using my research equipment for her own studies into nightmares, things that terrify mortals. I wouldn't abide by it, and although I knew she coveted my dream gate, I'd assumed her distractions were mere... frippery. Well, after I declined McTana's offer, it seemed she went right to Mrs. Petapelp. The rattletrap ousted me and appointed my assistant. My assistant! Mrs. Petapelp is now master of the scriptorium, my staff, and my dream gate. An outrage. Well, her time as my assistant is finished. I will make this deal with you. If you enter my scriptorium and dispatch Mrs. Petapalp in whatever manner you see fit, I will give you the stamps you need to continue on your journey home. Thelias is just mouth open, blinking. Yo, like, Vipira is like, yo, point me in the direction of this bitch. Like, I'm ready. I just look. Thelias right, was I, ready. I look and like Go just ahead, meet Uhtred's eyes right away. Like, I knew it. I knew it. This is. <laughs> This is what we do now. What has my life become? I have no words of comfort for you, Rogyar. Vipira, Just fucking get this done. <laughs> Vipira's already like, yo, where is she? Where, where is this woman? Zalakara crosses her arms and she says, she'll probably be up at the dream gate like she wanted to be all along. It's up at the top of the tower in the northwest corner of the building. It can never just be right inside the front door. Nope. Always put it at the top. If I put my dream gate inside the front door, anyone who visits the scriptorium could touch it. And besides, it is far too big to fit just inside the door. So we shouldn't touch it. No. Whatever you do, don't touch it. It is a very sensitive machine calibrated just so. I'm not going to touch anything in here. Why don't you lead the way, Vipura? I can see your quite juiced <laughs> oh finally Vipira starts uh, heading towards I guess where she pointed off to well she pointed to the front door the, the, yeah to the front door so you guys go up uh, go up the steps and the door opens with a and the atmosphere inside the scriptorium is completely different from the front steps Uh, as you look inside it is just it is so much darker in there than the ambient lighting from outside should allow and there's not even a lot of ambient lighting outside either like it's always kind of dusk on the dead roads uh but the scriptorium does have some lanterns and lamps lit uh along the front path but it is it is like spookily shadowed inside do we think we can use our own lights but for those of us who don't have dark vision is it impeding (laughs) our vision dark or is it just spooky and you know it's it's dim lighting so anybody who does not have dark vision there is a 20 percent mischance on like attack rolls and other stuff like that it's it's like a yeah it's it's like that level of light where like you can see like you're like walking around outside at night and you can like you can see people but it's mostly like silhouettes 
Right, right. Oh, I, I can barely see anything in here. Uchid will throw up some dancing lights. Uh, the dancing yes. lights help. What about that um, lantern? Could throw some oil in that. Yeah, let's do it. So the dancing lights and the lantern certainly help with seeing, but the atmos- it's almost like the atmosphere inside this building like clings to any spooky imagery it can and just the shadows that your lights cast like you just can't help yourself it's just so spooky while you're inside the scriptorium everybody will have the spooked condition which except for take. me which except for Thalias Thalias is not oh. suffering from that at all so having the, the spooked condition gives you a minus two penalty on saves versus fear effects but you also gain a plus one bonus on initiative checks. Thalias also does not have that. All right, so go ahead, put um, you guys step inside. Uh oh! So, before we turn, uh, before we go in, uh, I turn back around. Is there anything that we should be concerned about as we move forward before we get to your uh, predecessor? Uh yes, you should be worried about not taking down Mrs. Pettipelp and having McTana come and get you. Talking about anything else outside of getting Miss Pettipelp. Trust me, I'm on your side with this. She says, I don't know. I was expelled from the building quite quickly. If Mrs. Pettipelp has used the dream gate to alter anything in there, I wouldn't know. There's my staff, but they're hardly useful for anything. I agree. I look around at my staff. Hey. <laughs> okay, so uh, here you are uh, in the entry entryway. In two wooden doors deeply carved with images of quill pens and open books stand to the east and west of this entry hall. Uh, the double door to the west has frosted glass windows that reveal only shifting shadows behind them. To the north is an alcove with several empty coat hooks. Another door stands to the south, and a sharply angled hall leads to the southwest. There's going to be two things that Uhtred does every room we go into this place. One is detect magic, and two is to keep an eye out for um, like a scroll scribing kit or whatever he needs to start making scrolls. Like the magical inks that he needs. What about evil? Am I detecting? Oh, I am detecting, but am I detecting? You're not picking up any evil auras. And, and no, no magic. And no magic. Uh, so Vipira opens the first door, but wh- exactly what that means, she'll need to be more specific. Um, E2 off to the west. So the door's so straight the, ahead from the entrance. Yeah. The double doors. Yep. Not checking the closet? Nope. Unless we want to. I mean, last time there held a wand of cure light wounds. I mean, you're the one opening the door, so. I opened the door. The double doors? Yep. Okay. You open the double doors, and several glass cases stand around this room, or are mounted on the walls, each bearing several ancient sheets of parchment or a yellowing book. Each case is lit with only a small dim candle that casts flickering shadows around the room. The room's only door stands to the east wall, the one that you're standing in. Before I enter, I would like to do a perception check. Sure. Yeah, let's take a quick look around here. Can I assist Rogia? Damn it, it's just a Vipira. Yeah, no, I got a 12. You don't want to assist me. Vipira with a 21. You're taken in the room, and uh, you almost missed it, but 
you see a small, a tiny creature uh, perched on one of the uh, perched on one of the glass cases. This rat-like creature has tiny human hands in place of its front paws and an unnerving human face with a toothy mouth, but otherwise looks Dude, like a rat. That sucks. And uh, it sees it like turns its head and it sees you opening the door, and it's just hiss. He hisses at you, and uh, kind of like backs up a little bit and like puts his back to the wall on the on the glass case. What do you guys do? Uh, I look at the wise. Hey, check that. See if it's evil. Oh yeah, detect big time. And I hiss back at him so he knows we're serious. You are not detecting an evil alignment. No, he's cool. Do we get a knowledge roll? Uh, yes. Uh, go ahead and give me a knowledge arcana check. Be a natural twenty for a big old thirty. Ooh. Oh, holy shit. Uh, okay. Uh, you recognize this creature as a ratling. The rats that dwell in the walls of old edifices or amid the dripping tunnels of crumbling sewers are not always simple animals. Uh, you can ask me four questions about ratlings. Do they have any DR? They do not. I don't believe you. <laughs> uh, let's play the HP game. Uh, 35. Lower. Any cool abilities? Give me one cool ability that they have. Uh, you know that Rattlings can cast spells from any magic scroll as if it had the spell on its spell list. Are there scrolls in here? Uh, you, like, you do see like, scrolls of paper underneath, like, inside of some glass cases and old books, but and you are detecting that there is one or multiple magical okay. auras in okay. this room. Well, that makes makes Sutra nervous. Um, Maybe we could just shut the door. <laughs> we could just shut the door, but then also at the same time, there's a lot of magic coming out of that room. Give me any resistances. They have no uh, energy resistances. What's up with the hands? What, what kind of creature are they? Are they undead? They're magical beasts. All right. Go get him, Viper. <laughs> yeah, Viper runs in. Okay, everybody roll initiative. I was going to warn Viper about the fact that it can, like, use any scroll it can touch. There's a lot, probably a lot of scrolls in there, but... Viper. Uh, 15. Rogar. 23. Whoa. Oh, my God. Thelias. 13. Up first is Rogar. Oh, surprise, surprise. <laughs> All right, Rogar is going to uh, walk up to stand next to Thalias. He's going to ready an air blast for if this thing makes an aggressive move or looks to try and, you know, destroy something, he's going to, he'll shoot at it. All right, up next is the Rattling, and he uh, disappears. (laughs) Oh, thank God. (laughs) I'm done with this fucking room. (laughs) That was easy. Uh, It is now Vipira's turn. Vipira takes a five-foot step back and shuts the door. Okay. She doesn't know where this damn thing is. All right. I'm pretty sure Uhtred wanted to take a look at the magic stuff in there. But, yeah, okay. but the thing did just go invisible. And like, <laughs> well, how the fuck are we going to deal with invisibility right now? He wasn't too upset when Vipira shut the doors. He was kind of like, <laughs> well, whatever. All right. Elias looks at Vipera like, what the fuck is going on right now? <laughs> <laughs> like, all right, let's fight. Shut God, the door. fuck it. All right. To be never fair, mind. I never made a move. 
I kind of just. I mean, the, you did say you went the, running. The, the combat began with you like being like, "Let's get him," and like <laughs> tensing up, about to charge at him. Uh, then then he disappears. Like, or, nope. You're like, all right, never mind. <laughs> Whoa, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. I guess we scared him off. <laughs> yeah. We don't need to go in that room anymore. Okay. <laughs> okay. So now what? I look at Vipira to, to know now what. The closet. Let's check it out. <laughs> Let's check out the closet. So, yeah, you open the door, and it is just a, a, a 10 foot wide, 5 foot deep closet but Vipira as you open the door the door is kind of like forced opened as a body that was leaning against the door just flops out of the closet and onto the floor uh, right in front of you this creature seems like it's made of wood and yet it's got all of these wounds from which blood is leaking out of and you guys can give me a heal check. But while you're doing that, uh, the image of this triggers something in Thalias's memory. And Thalias, the scriptorium, disappears. And you're suddenly in a large room filled with comfortable, if chintzy-looking furniture. Bright, gaudy curtains glow in the windows as they block the morning sun. The glow is so intense, it sets a sharp glare over any other details in the room. The smell of cheap perfume mixes with a sour iron scent, and a shallow drip, drip, drip can be heard from somewhere. The glow from the curtain settles down somewhat, and the glare falls from the scene, and the bodies become visible. No less than ten women, all naked, all dead. Their bodies sprawled thoughtlessly on various couches and chairs around the room. Blood covers the walls. It pools on the floor under the furniture after dripping from the bodies, whose wounds include slashed throats, scalpings, and worse, by very unpractised hands. Thelias. You whirl around at the voice behind you and see another woman. Fresh blood clings in patches to her naked body. Her hands are coated in crimson. She stands in an open doorway, grinning slyly. Now, I'm the prettiest girl here, don't you think? Her eyes widen, manically. <laughs> she takes a step towards you, and you're back in the scriptorium. Holy fuck. Yo, what the fuck? What's so <laughs> messed up that you've made that a cutscene? Oh, good. <laughs> and then this body falls out of the closet now well, it's it already... made of wood and it's bleeding yeah it already did the... that but yeah but that scene flash like I'm associating these two scenes somehow together yeah yep. the last I'm time you seen that much them. wood and blood was that scene oh my god where are we at with those right. heel checks Thelias Thelias needs a minute where's everybody else at with those heel checks Uchard got a 3 Rogar got a 4 Vipir got a 12 no idea what bleeding wood could be Thelias got a 23, but only after he shakes himself out of a sort of a horrific trance. Thelias is the only one to succeed on this heel check. For context to what I'm about to say for Thelias, uh, anybody else who wants to uh, can give me a Knowledge Arcana check. 22. Uh, Uhtred, you recognize this creature as a werewood. They are constructs, uh, but they are... Uh, 
they're intelligent creatures and actually like considered by many to be like a civilized race like they are they are defined by class levels no different than a human or a dwarf so that's that's what this creature is uh Thalias with his heel check would recognize that like he brought he doesn't know what this thing is called but he probably recognizes this as a construct or something like that and he would uh be able to kind of uh he'd be the only person to have the 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 foresight of wait constructs don't bleed oh yeah and Thalias you gain one clarity point and now I'm going to Uh explain what clarity points are Throughout Salaghara's scriptorium, uh, you are uh, likely to encounter uh, several scenes of terror pulled out of nightmares, and you will always you'll be uh, prompted to make a skill check to kind of recognize these scenes of terror as, you know, not real, or or otherwise be able to like decode whatever weirdness is going on successfully doing that will net you a clarity point and uh each clarity point you collect grants you a plus one bonus on perception checks and on will saves versus illusions while within the scriptorium okay and that's pretty uh, cool sometimes uh a skill check will be like a a trained only skill but in these cases anybody can make them so yeah, uh, so that, that was a lot of like information at once. So let's like do like a quick recap. You guys open the door. This body flops out. That was leaning against it. Werewood, like construct or just creature made of wood, bleeding from wounds, and everybody's like, "Oh, whoa!" And Thalias especially. And uh, but then Thalias is able to go. Wait a minute. It's a like, uh, whatever that thing is. It shouldn't be able to bleed. And uh, for Thalias, the the blood goes away uh you realize that it was never bleeding in the first place what what do you guys do can i prop this thing back up in the closet and sort of <laughs> shut the door and move on like nothing happened <laughs> i mean i wasn't gonna say shut the door and move on like nothing happens but i definitely don't like this closet and i definitely think this thing is just i know it's not bleeding because it can't bleed do i know anything more about this thing like does it have a purpose other than triggering me, basically? It appears to be a werewood. Don't let it bite you, Thalias. You'll turn into a were-paladin. <laughs> Give you a dirty look. You don't know what just happened to me. <laughs> the jokes I don't, are not... I don't. They're not landing right now. Uh, is there anything else in the closet? In the closet? <laughs> not really. I mean, is there anything on the body? No. Uh, so, this uh, this room looks like it might have been some sort of uh, valet or attendant room. Does he look like a valet or attendant? If he wasn't bleeding all over the place? Uh, it It is dressed in... like You wouldn't assume that it's dressed as like a butler or anything like that, but it is, it is dressed in uh, you know, semi-nice clothes. Like a front desk guy? Maybe. Oh, God. Salakara did mention... Front desk guys. Salakara did mention something about her staff in the uh in the scriptorium perhaps this is a member of her staff he's super dead right he's like not on constructs have to be sort of animated and on right correct she is is. right out she is right outside the door right could we just like call her over and be like hey what is this thing she she seemed like the type that's gonna be okay with that (laughs) 
don't don't watch what you touch and keep your head down and do what I say. And we're like, hey, look what we found. <laughs> first things first. And you can call her if you want, Rogar, but I'm not taking that ass chewing. Uh, Rogar just wants to do the job and move on here, so he's yeah. he's ready to keep going. All right, back in the closet you go with all the painful memories. <laughs> Shut the door quietly. Uh, if one of our frontline people want to start going down that hallway, I bet you Uchu would probably follow him. Yep. But I started starts... walking. Yep. I glanced back at the door that we shut, well, at the first door that we shut, just to make sure it didn't open while I was uh, attending to that closet. Yeah. It still seems pretty shut. Yeah, everything seems quiet. Okay. On we go. Okay. Uh, you go down the hallway, and you come into a large, dim room that contains a dozen wooden desks topped with hinged lids, each with stacks of paper and well-used inkwells. The desks are arranged in neat rows. A lectern stands at the front, facing the desks, and spiderwebs stretch from desk to desk and up to the walls and ceilings. Hall leads out to the east, where you guys came from, while wooden doors stand to the north and west walls. Standing at the lectern, uh, you see what what you could only describe as a a flayed spider creature, and he stands there glaring at you. Oh, come on! Um, I imagine as we're walking down this hallway, there's like just as the further down the hallway we get, the more spider webs start showing up. Rugger would be like controlling the air and just like literally just like brushing them away and like like just just destroying them as he goes. It's like there's a little creeped out by these. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Vipera walks in. As soon as I see anything, I'm gonna, you know, like, do the Navy SEAL fist in the air, like, hold up. Let's not die. I point. What the hell is that? And it just stands there glaring at you. Glaring I... menacingly or glaring like, you know, you're interrupting me? <laughs> like, what are you doing in my home? I keep brushing away spider webs from anywhere that's, you know, nearby. Hey, you evil? I would have detected if it was evil. Thelias, you are not detecting any evil, but Uhtred is detecting magic. Uh, but before you can get a, a better grasp on exactly what kind of magic you're detecting, the spider creature, uh, it finally stirs, and it says, I am watching, and then it dissolves into thousands of tiny spiders. Oh, fuck. And the, and <laughs> oh, the, hell no. I say we make a fucking run for it. And the spiders... <laughs> Dude, we... And the spiders all, like, just crawl under the door behind it, and it's gone. And at that very moment, uh, you hear, like, the chittering of hundreds of tiny little legs coming from somewhere. And out from the desks in the room pop a couple dozen spiders and they all crawl aggressively at you. Everyone roll for initiative next week on the Inspired Incompetence Podcast. Alex, you're the worst. See ya. See ya. See ya. See ya. See ya.